Well, I'm on a time limit this morning. Uh, I'm sure that Amy is going to um, yank me off the stage here, left or right, uh, if, if I don't finish at a certain point in time here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are having our children's program this morning. So, <clears throat> so I'm going to give her a few of my minutes here. But um, we're, we're concluding our series uh, talking about uh, these nouns or verbs uh, things that are kind of both. Um, several years ago, I heard someone talking about how commercialized, uh, uh, how our modern commercialized Christmas has really affected the season and, and how we no longer understand things that, uh, that we, we, they're part of our lexicon, they're part of the things that we talk about. For example, we no longer understand the phrase the 12 days of Christmas. Or the 12 days of Christmas. I don't know. Uh, but originally, uh, and the point he was trying to make was, originally there was kind of a season of Christmas uh, that we, uh, we felt kind of, the, the ho- we talk about the holiday season. And now, so mu- it, because so much is... is uh, I hate to use the phrase "wrapped up," but but so much of it is wrapped up in the in the Sunday or the 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 Christmas morning. All the shopping, all the things. I mean, maybe if you're preparing the meal, you you it, it lasts for a little bit longer, uh, and and maybe you're preparing for a little bit more. I don't know, but but the holiday seems to be about this this morning. At where, where everyone comes into the room and the kids are trying to get you know the parents up earlier than they really want to on a vacation and 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 herd them down to the living room where we there's a flurry of paper and, and then we're going to be bored you know ten minutes into the the presents that we've got and that's it uh, and then it goes back in the box for for another uh, for another year and that's that's really. Uh, anticlimactic when you think about it. All this effort, all this energy, all this worry, and everything that's gone into this holiday in, a, in 10 minutes. Now, I said this was somebody else's thought, because if I would have ever thought this, if, if I would have ever had that profound thought about, about the 12 days of Christmas, I just, you, just, you hear the song and you don't even think about it, I, I would have probably at some point done what I did when when this person was talking about it, was I would have started counting backwards. Like, okay, what are the 12 days of Christmas, and why does it start, you know, on this day? So, so I heard that, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And, and somewhere when my mind had a, a free moment, I started counting backwards. And I arrived at the 14th of December, which is my wife's birthday. That's how I know I've, I've never thought this before, because I would have said, well, that's interesting. Uh, and so we actually last year we started a new tradition. It's never too late to start a new tradition. Kind of wish we had done this uh, years ago, but we do the twelve days of Christmas now. So every night, uh, beginning on the fourteenth, uh, we you know it starts with her birthday, and her birthday kicks off a a, a series of. 12 days in which we do something family or Christmas or it might be a puzzle. It might be, you know, you know, some we do sushi night. That's not really Christmassy, but it's family. And uh, so it, it just kind of lengthens out that that holiday feel a little bit. In our final message, we're talking about 
kind of something similar. We're talking about hope. And, and, and this fostering a, a different attitude in, in, in these three words. We've talked about love and we've talked about faith. And what makes this word different in, in this particular sermon a little bit more difficult, it's not the definition of words. You know, talking about hope. I think hope is pretty recognizable what it is. We'll go through it a little bit. It's not in learning the nuances of this word and, and, and all the background of its development. But it's kind of in the fact that it overlaps so much with, with faith that a lot of people use it simply as a synonym for faith. But in Hebrews, he says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. It is, it is the substance of things hoped for. That's what faith is. And so we can know that faith and hope are not pure synonyms. They're not the same thing. They're separate uh, in, in, in their concept. They overlap clearly. So we're going to talk about what hope is. And as we said, we've been going through nouns and the, the words that kind of have a, a noun aspect and a verb aspect. We're going to start with the noun because the, the noun of, of this is used so much more in the, in the New Testament than the verb to hope. Well, the Hebrew word for hope, the Old Testament, is something that is, is based really in imagery. It says, uh, he who is joined with the living has hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. I know that's an attractive uh, picture for a Christmas kind of a sermon. But the, now the word, the, as I say, it's based in imagery. The Old Testament word, the Hebrew word, I know that we said it's not really about the words, but bear with me for just a second. It's, it's not really a, a deep concept, but it's just kind of an interesting one that this word is actually the word cord. It's what ties us to something. And, and that is really what hope is. And that was the, the way that the Hebrews you know, approached this word hope was from the perspective of, of, of something that ties us. What is it that ties us to a hope? What, what is it? that ties us to relationships. And, and here he's just talking about the fact of being alive. A person that is dead has no hope. They have no cord to, to connect them to accomplishments and, 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 and to, uh, to what we would hope for in life. And that's kind of the concept of the book of Ecclesiastes overall. But life is the, the connection, right? Well, the Greek word is a different word, uh, and it would be the word for anticipation, to anticipate. And we, we kind of get that a little bit more readily, I think, in, in our language. Acts chapter 26, 5 through 7 is, is Paul giving an account. He's on trial, and he says, Now they have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I've lived as a Pharisee. Now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our 12 tribes hope to attain. So we've got kind of both noun and verb in here. We're going to focus on the noun. As they earnestly worship night and day, and it is for this hope that I am accused by the Jews, O King. And so uh, 
we know anticipation is an emotion. Uh, and, and here it's used a little bit differently. It is used to refer to the thing being hoped for. What is being anticipated? He says, for this hope, I am accused by the Jews. We're going to talk about what that hope is in just a second. Um, and uh, what, another thing that is interesting is another way that this can be used, this word hope, is not just the emotion or the thing that is anticipated, but it is the cause of the anticipation or the anticipated thing. Ephesians 4, 4 says there's one body, there's one spirit, just as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. And, and so here he's describing this, what, what, the one hope. What do you mean there's one hope? I hope for a lot of things. We became Christians and we had a hope for a lot of things. So what is he saying? There's one hope. Well, there's one thing that's causing, that, that, that all of these other things, they rely on. This one thing, and that's, that's what Paul is really talking about. He says, you know, it's this hope that I'm called into, you know, this trial here. Really, that hope was the resurrection. There is one hope. There's one thing that gives all of the other things that we hope for meaning. And that is the resurrection. And it's Christ. Well, <clears throat> the noun hope as we're, we're continuing talking about that, has several elements, two main elements. One uh, is that it has to be possible. I think that's, that's obvious. Right, we don't, next week, people are going to run down to the living room. And we have two people, I think, in here, maybe more, that are going through, I know, I know of two, that are in various stages of driver's ed or completing driver's ed, and, and I know both of those people uh, are not hoping next week to, to open up a small box and find the keys to a Porsche in, in, their, in that box. Now, I know that because now they would like that, but they, they know that there's no hope of getting it. It's not realistic. It's, it's not possible. For them, their parents are not going to shell out the money for a Porsche to give it to, you know, a teenager. That's just not going to happen. It has no possibility. We're, we're hoping for things that are realistic in, in some sense. So when the Bible speaks of having a hope, what is required of us is to, that, to believe that those things are possible. But there is a downside to this hope. Romans 8, 24 and 25 says, For in this hope we were saved, for, it is, for hope that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, then we wait for it with patience. My wife and I have a bad habit of discovering each other's presence before they, they, they're presented uh, to us. You know, they're not really presents. <laughs> and I mean, well, or I suppose like they're, they're really presents. We, we present to each other what we already know we're getting. Here, here is the gift. 
And, and we've gotten good at pretending uh, surprise. Wow, you got me this. We were very first married. I don't remember if it was a birthday or if it was Christmas or what it was, but I'm going through the account, you know, and, and I just, I didn't do it all that often. I, I didn't like check my account, but, but for, for some, I was looking for a check that had cleared or something, or I don't know what, but I saw $450. Some, some got spent $450 and I didn't recognize what it was for. Or, you know, I was like, what, what is this? And um, I did a little investigating and, and found out that, oh, I'm getting a computer for Christmas or whatever. And, and so we've done that off and on, you know, and, and I think it happened again this year. But we, we, we're getting good at pretending. So on Christmas morning or whatever, I'm, I wasn't hoping that I was going to get a computer because I knew I was getting a computer and I kind of already seen the evidence of it. Well, oh, yay, thanks for the computer. Had no idea. So, the downside of hope, when, when we can't see it, the downside is that there's also doubt. There's also a chance. It's possible, but for something to be possible means that it's also possible that I'm not going to get it. And we talk about guarantees, and we are guaranteed. The, the Bible talks about a guarantee of salvation. It is guaranteed. It's still not visible. And there's still a chance that I might not get it because the guarantee is, is within certain parameters. There are things that have, there are moments in time, things that have to happen for that guarantee to be valid. So there's still a chance that I could lose a guarantee, which just sounds strange. If you don't think so, go ahead and purchase something uh, right there in the store. Take out a hammer and smash it and say, I, 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 there's a warranty on this, right? Uh, I'd like to turn this in. You're, you're going to be surprised that they don't give you your money back. Because you have a guarantee, but the, the guarantee is not going to be valid because there were a certain number of things that that occurred or didn't occur that invalidate that guarantee. And that's how guarantees work. So there's a possibility of it not having... So, so this is where faith comes in, is the evidence of things unseen, the, the substance of things hoped for. We have the anticipation, but it has to work along with our faith. That's why these are so close. So the first element of hope is that it is possible... The second thing, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And it's, it, this is a long text talking about what Christ has done and, and the, the idea of a hope is that it's something desirable, it's something we want. There are a lot of things that are possible that, that are not things that we want. Next week, no one is going to get excited. They're like, oh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm hoping for socks. Now, socks are entirely possible to receive as a gift. It's, it's quite possible for someone to go down to the store and say, you need socks. We're getting socks for Christmas. Maybe it'd be a joke gift or something. I don't know, but a really bad sense of humor. But 
in this universe, socks are a real impossible gift, it, it, but nobody would be hoping for it because it's not a desirable gift. A, a hope, an anticipation is for something that is both possible and desirable. Our inclination is to think that salvation is heaven. Because what could be greater than that? In Hebrews, talks about Christ being our hope. He's the, the catalyst that makes heaven possible. While heaven is something that we hope for, one of those many things that we hope for, it was impossible for us to enter it until Christ made it possible, which is what it's talking about. He's, he, he went as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In other words, it existed as a place. It was real. It was desirable. But until Christ made it attainable, it was not a possibility. So it has to be both. I want to talk then about some elements of hoping. I want to talk about the verb. As I said, it, 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 there's a lot of nouns. There's not a lot of verbs. He says uh, in 1 Timothy 4.10, Paul writes, he says, Now to this end we toil. And we strive, put effort into this thing, because we have our hope set on a living God. Now that's a noun, I know. Who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. But it necessarily implies an action. It's really the, the setting part of this. The, the, I'm hoping for this. I have set my anticipation Nations had to set their anticipation for a lot longer. He's talking about how here how he's the savior of all people. And that was not a a, a thought that was acceptable to many people. And I think that's a, a, a significant reason for how it's accepted when it gets there. The Jews had some of it already. They had this concept. They were more familiar with it. And, and so the, the Gentiles had to wait longer for it. And I think that's a reason because it had been absent from their possibility for so long that they had anticipated it for longer. And the longer you anticipate something, the, the more you enjoy it when you get it. Oh, I've saved up and saved up and saved up for this thing. Oh, I finally got it. Well, <clears throat> they saved up this anticipation. And it was the Gentiles who really, though the Jews had it first, the, the Gentiles accepted the church on a much greater level. And we come to this idea. Right? To... to to hope means to reasonably expect something. It's reasonable 
And this is where we come to a conflict. There's a conflict between the noun and the verb. You wouldn't think that with a religious concept, that, that religious concepts would come into conflict with each other. Romans four seventeen and 18, he says, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, talking about Abraham, who gives life to dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist in hope. He believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. This idea of hoping against hope, what does that mean? That's such a weird idea. But they come into conflict here. The, the noun and the verb kind of come into conflict with each other. Because some things are so hard to hope for. They're almost impossible. May, may even be considered impossible. They challenge our mind. They challenge our emotions. They challenge our ability to anticipate. It's kind of like getting a Porsche on Christmas morning as a teenager. It's, it's just, don't, don't hope for that. So Abraham was credited because he maintained a hope in something that is not naturally realis realistic. A woman, having, this morning we talked about uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah and, and, and her having uh, a child in her old age and we you know, theorize how old she was. And, uh, you know, she could have been 50 or 60. That would be elderly back then. And it would have been just as impossible to have a, a baby. But, but to be 90... No women, first of all, probably no women are today are wanting a child at 90. So, the, so, so they wouldn't be anticipating it because they wouldn't be wanting it, whether it was possible or not. But, but Sarah wanted this. But it's not natural to anticipate that. She had a problem anticipating it. Abraham anticipated it. His anticipation was maybe a little bit misguided, but, but he eventually caught on. But it's, it's important for us to know how he got to the place where he could anticipate this, where he could reasonably expect it. Where was his hope centered in? He says... In the presence of the God whom he believed, who gives life to dead things and calls into existence things that do not exist. Those are both impossible things. We, we don't see something dead there and go, all right, we're going to give this thing life. That's not something that happens in our universe. And we have a law of physics that says that in our universe... It is the most fundamental law of physics. Essentially, the short version of the first law of thermodynamics is that you don't get something from nothing. And Abraham said, I believe that you can. Not naturally, 
But I believe in the God who calls things out of existence. And so, why would this be hard for him if, if he can give life to something dead? Why wouldn't he be able to, to help us in this little small thing of, of letting a 90-year-old woman get pregnant? It doesn't seem like that difficult at all. He had this ability to, to believe and have hope and to anticipate the impossible. This morning I want you to expect the unexpected. At times, uh, many things override our ability to hope in heaven. There are difficult circumstances that we live in. There are a, a world of surrounding opinions that challenge. Everybody seems to believe something different from what we believe. And people think it's stupid that we would believe in some of these things. There are so many other things that are difficult to hope for. This morning, there are people, as we look at the other hopes that surround our one hope, there are people that will not enjoy this holiday, a tragedy or some some. Reminder of something, and, and, and they're, they're hoping, their hope is to be able to get through the holiday. There are people struggling with a particular obstacle in life, a, 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 a point of growth in their spirituality that does not seem that they're ever going to get there. I, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. And that seems impossible. It doesn't seem like a, a, a reasonable ask, as they say. Some people will even feel like they're not forgiven. No, how long I've been a Christian and, and, and I have this guilt or this shame or this thing that's attached to me. And I, I can't feel forgiven. I would like to feel forgiven, but I don't think I ever will. I don't have hope of that. When these things seem hopeless, when these things seem unrealistic, maybe I need to rephrase this, not to expect the unexpected, but maybe what we need to do is to expect the unexpectable. To say this is not realistic to be able to expect this thing. It's never happened before. I've never been able to accomplish this or grasp this thing. Because we're waiting for that one thing. We're hoping for that one thing, but that is not your hope. Today I want you to look beyond those little minor hopes. I know they don't feel minor. But I want you to look at the one hope. 
that one, one hope that makes all things possible. And whatever that list looks like of things you would hope for, if you could, if you thought that they were realistic, whatever those things are, I want you to leave here and reinforce your mind by remembering that, that the God that calls into existence things that don't exist, that there's a God who can, can give life to dead things and dead hopes. We worship a God that is the God of doing the impossible things. That's where our hope lies.